What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the Sister Sister Podcast. We are on episode four. Ooh, we made it through another week. <laughs> Navigating life, surviving the fuck shit. And today, we have a very special guest with us. Our topic today is going to be the importance of therapy. So we thought it would be good to get the male's perspective on that. Um, so we have my fine-ass boyfriend here, Eric Parker. <laughs> He's actually not that special, y'all. <laughs> Chill, I'm sexy. Hi, baby. How you doing, sweetheart? I'm good. You ready to join us? Yeah, I'm ready. Get into all this shit? Alright, so. so. You guys are disgusting, okay? <laughs> and this whole episode is not going to be about you guys being lovey-dovey, okay? We're Serious not. Shit. We're about our business. Alright. So we're going to start off with That's So Ghetto, per usual. This week for That's So Ghetto, we're talking about arguing on social media with anyone you've had a domestic relationship with. That can mean your mama, your daddy, your grandma, your grandpa, your aunt. Your Uncle Junebug, anybody, okay? <laughs> Just don't do it. Stay off of social media with your family and relationship drama. Yeah, it's ghetto as fuck. So, I personally have never cared enough. I don't really think cared enough about any significant other to be arguing on social media. Um, I've argued with people on social media before, but it wasn't like a relative or like a stranger or anyone in the shade room. No weird <laughs> shit like that. <laughs> Um, but have you guys had any experience with that? Like, uh, boyfriend-girlfriend drama? Anything like that? I believe I've argued with, with an ex while we were together. I believe we argued on social media. Probably going back and forth. I don't think it got deep where, like, we were telling business and it got real Like, was it, it was, like, like one of those things, like, you're posting, <laughs> you're making posts, like, fuck my boyfriend, he... No, he I think this. it was just something petty. Because like, those are the worst. Like, I'd post something, and then they'd feel some type of way, like, oh, this must be about me. Uh, something like that. I think it was just ass. something, right. I think it was just something petty. Oh, I don't okay. think it was like, no, because last night, you did this. And I don't think it was real, like, deep in the conversation. I really hate when people tell all their drama. Honestly, looking from the outside, I'd be in the comments horde. I'd be like, yeah, it's, I'd be like oh, that's juicy. It's like, it's like from the outside. It's entertaining because you're like, they're so stupid, but I'm going to watch though. But then at the same time, you just be like, shut the fuck up. Nobody cares. Like, do you really think that Facebook cares? Like, you thought when you posted that, like, somebody was going to swoop in and, like, save you from this dumb situation? Because honestly, we don't care. No, we care to be entertained. Right. Just like we don't care about love and hip hop. We don't care about basketball wise. We don't care about any of the ratchet TV. But we tune in. Yeah, we care. That's what we do with We Facebook care to understand Instagram. that someone else's life is a little bit worse than ours. You're like, oh, you, you're fucked up, fucked up. I'd be like, 127 comments? I got a little bit yeah, of time for that. I'd be like, damn, I thought I was fucked up. But now you, you way worse. You on social media with your shit. What about you, Eric? You yeah. be looking at the drama? I, I Sometimes. It depends <laughs> on what it is. Um, I've, I've been in that situation where I've... Uh, you know, argue, sensitively, oh shit. Argue with people. Argue with people. I've um, also uh, thrown a little bit of subliminals, I guess, as far as like my um, relationship. But I've never like put business out there. I vented on Facebook, so to speak. I mean, I've been petty and put single before I broke up with a person on social media before. But it wasn't an argument. It just was what it was. Like it was like kind of how you figured out we weren't together anymore. That right. wasn't my problem. That Instead was like of staring problem, at them like me. Yeah. You're just like, nah, I'm Facebook single, so it's official. Nah, I went in. That was like back in MySpace days. Like I put single on my page, like in one of those little gift oh. things. Like I, I, I like changed my thing. Like it was like took him off my top eight type shit. Put my away message up. You know what I mean? Like it's like I went overboard to like be petty as fuck, but. But even with people, like when you're arguing, people argue with their family members, their I see people arguing with their mom or telling like all of their family business. Oh my god, yeah. Like if they're like if they're talking to their best friend and in real life people do Or if they're not talking give a to shit. that person, they'll be like it'll be like you go on Facebook and you're like, Oh, look at somebody's kid. Oh, this person graduated and then it's like, Fuck you, Sharon shit <laughs> for me anyways. And you're like, Whoa Seriously, seriously. Oh, I came across a post like that the other day and it was so long to where you you know you have to press like more. And then you gotta press more again so you can see the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And yes, I read it because it started getting juicy. Okay, this girl's sister fought her, everything, and like, dragged her to the floor in front of her kids. It got weird. Somebody's uncle got slapped. Whoa. It got real weird. But I 
I tuned in. Right. Yes, I did. I had to because it started getting juicy. So I was like, well, let me click the comments. What are people saying? How juicy is this My getting? My favorite. Oh, but nah, I was just, I, I ain't never did nothing like that. I ain't never put like, like if I vented, it was more so like, like, you know, like how I was feeling at the moment. Oh man, I'm just tired of this. Da, da, da. Like, you know what I'm saying? But I never really go in on like, oh, well, this person, this person, X, Y, Z. Like, I mean, I don't bitches do stepping on my sneakers, like shit like that. <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> I'm tired of this broke bitch thinking she better than everybody. Nah, Stuff like I'm, that. No, no, no. Like, y'all got problems. Tell the bitch like not understand how expensive my Jordans are. Touch my Jordan again, bitch, you won't die. Like, one of those. Yeah, yeah. So just like that. Yep, yeah, exactly. Like so, uh-huh. death threats on Facebook. <laughs> wow. Okay, let's watch out for him. It's called the FBI. <laughs> okay. Fred, if I blink twice, get me help. <laughs> you know how stupid and get you right the fuck But my there. favorite is, like, the couples that are so toxic that you know they're going to get back together. Oh, yeah. It's like, you know, every three to six months, you're about mm-hmm. to have a show. So I was like, ooh, 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 look, 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 look. He took yeah. down their pictures. Watch, watch, watch. In two days, she about to post some crazy shit, and he about to post some crazy shit, and his side bitch about to come at her, and then this one about to come here. And it's like, <laughs> it's you always show. expect it, and they never fail you. It's a whole show. And you be like, this is why I follow you. It ain't for your kids, sis. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't because we went to high school together. I don't care. I mean, your kids is cute, all right? right? I don't care what you're doing. I mean, best of luck to them. I hope they're in a good daycare. But this right here is why I still follow you, because you never let me down mm-hmm. so shout out and to them we also love positivity so don't get that wrong we also love positivity yeah but everybody but, i mean everybody likes a little bit of entertainment right exactly that's <laughs> i mean i ain't fucking opinion. writing you asking you hey, what's going on I'm, i don't care i'm not invested. oh yeah i'm not getting that deep into it yeah i'm not like, invested that's your business <laughs> i mean i might go from your page to his page to follow the story <laughs> but i'm not like right? hitting him up hitting his girlfriend up like i gotta get my facts straight like heidi chong so i'm just trying to right. see like all right well she posted this what is he posed. What was his rebuttal? Going back and forth, like, oh, what did, oh, what did he say to start this? Yeah, like I just want to make sure I don't have a biased opinion. You don't want to just read her post and be like, oh, nah, he ain't shit. You got to make sure because then you go on Mm -hmm. his page and he be airing out the fact that she slept with three of his friends, and you're like, oh, (laughs) like it gets real. It It gets gets real real in the arguments on social media, and it gets real. Like, like Bianca said, it's toxic to the point where it's like wow this is really these people's lives like, like, none really, like are y'all lying none of y'all had to clean your house today because like on saturdays and sundays it's like you you on your phone to change your music like i don't got time to be writing essays on facebook about how about my boyfriend pissed me off like <laughs> i got shit to do i don't even like writing long posts i, I just like share things posts. Like, yeah. i just share things sometimes even when i put a caption on a picture i'll be like heart <laughs> <laughs> my baby like, <laughs> i don't like writing long things if it's gonna be something real long i'm copying and pasting it from google somewhere i can quote <laughs> what lyric i don't have lyric the picture go with because like now i gotta sit here and i gotta think about it i feel like that's so fake oh you're sitting here re- writing this whole long drawn out thing like how does that how is that helping you how is that helping your situation not to mention not to mention you let the whole world into your into your business like you know right, what i'm saying exactly. that's a lot of people they they like you don't even realize it like you want to be private about certain things but you invite the whole world into your business to have an opinion you don't know how many people done screenshotted and sent to their friends like you know i've done it (laughs) (laughs) or like i'm like girl do you feel like people that do this are only people that get blocked like you be so frustrated that you're blocked (laughs) you can't tell this person how you feel that you're like i gotta say it like i gotta get it out because i see that a lot (laughs) nah i didn't just (laughs) but i see it a lot some people do it purposely like i see it a lot where it's like oh (laughs) So and so blocked me, and y'all can run and tell this, and then it's a whole thing. And I'm like, I would go run and tell so and so, but I don't want to get in the middle of y'all drama, so I'm gonna just read it, and then I'm gonna click on so and so's page and see it. Or so and so, so and so can't see it, so they relatives is now comment like, mm-hmm. bitch, da, 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 da. Like, you know what I mean? Right. Now, You're not about to say, my like, cousin, like, it's weird. Everybody going in, whole family. Yep, it's some good entertainment though. Not it is. Lie. So keep doing what y'all doing. We're not telling y'all <laughs> to stop. We're not telling y'all to stop. We are in no way, shape, or form. Or right. Telling you what to do. We're just telling you you're ghetto as fuck. You are. <laughs> but keep being ghetto because how else are we going to get our entertainment when like love and hip hop and basketball wives is like the off season the air. The season's right. over. Like what are we going to do? Right. Who's going to keep us involved every Monday or Tuesday? Like you, right. sis. It's you. Keep so it thank out. you. Or bro. Because y'all niggas being y'all feelings Sensitive too. as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> them, them too. They getting real 
feminine in 2020. <laughs> Real feminine. I've seen some posts. It's only like, been a week. I'd be like, that's some bitch shit. Like, get offline. Like, go cut somebody's hair or something. I don't Tag in so and so. Don't talk about some manly shit to do. Go lift the weight. Like, get off Facebook. Go, go along. <laughs> like, get off Facebook. Like, do something. Like, so, Eric, don't be ghetto. Okay, leave that shit in the past. Don't be venting. Oh, that was like. Nah, he got to be ghetto. He got to be ghetto. It's like a decade ago. You know what I'm speaking saying? Speaking of ghetto. Mm hmm. Go follow my talented ass boyfriend's art page, okay? At Ghetto Inc. That's G H E T T zero underscore I N K. Go follow that. That Run it up. Plug. Hit up them DMs. (laughs) Only for inquiries, because if any of y'all bitches in his DMs, (laughs) cut. It's a problem. Period. And I will tell her. So yeah, I mean, have to turn into Joe's ass from you, real quick. And then Bianca gonna be on Facebook. Like, let me tell you. (laughs) I mean, like before I get locked up, let me tell you. She's gonna be the next segment. It's so good. <laughs> Let me tell you how I don't even care. I'm gonna smile in my mugshot. So <laughs> give us some inspiration, sis, because we can't get all up here. We're just, yeah, seriously. Mess. We need to get off that topic. <laughs> but if any of you guys have had an experience where you're the ghetto one, you, ooh, you send us an email. Stuff, tell us some drama. Send us an email. Us tag us in the po- Don't tag us in the post. Screenshot it. We'll follow the ghetto post on our own. <laughs> but we like, to, we like to see some ghetto stuff, you know, once in a while. So. Our quote today, this is our cispiration. Therapy is an investment in mental health, like exercise is an investment in physical health. That really hit me. How do you feel about it, B? So, I feel like I've been in therapy before. When I was younger, I didn't really understand it. But now, being an adult, like, I want to get back into it. Mm-hmm. I feel like even if you don't, like, initially feel like you have a problem, per se, or something to talk about feel like it's good to always get an unbiased opinion and maybe sometimes you don't notice certain patterns in your life or why things are going a certain way and then speaking to somebody who's like literally looking at you from the outside and who doesn't have to care about your feelings who doesn't have to sugarcoat shit with you mm-hmm. is like the best thing that you need because they might be able to connect the dots that you're not getting right and I feel like it's a great thing and there's so many different forms of therapy per se because a lot of people don't like the idea of sitting down and being vulnerable and talking to somebody that they don't know Mm -hmm. and they don't realize there's so many other outlets which i know we're gonna get into um but i feel like it's i agree with the post it's it's definitely um it's definitely great for you yeah i've also been to therapy when i was younger um when i was in foster care was mandatory though so i felt forced into it it's Mm -hmm. not something that i wanted to do every time i went this lady made me cry so she could be like, yeah, and how was your, how was your morning? And I was like, but you don't understand. <laughs> it's so hard. I'm 12. Like, and I, I hated it. I hated it because I don't, I don't like to cry in front of other people. Mm-hmm. Like when I cry, it's and in my bedroom. And you're emotional as fuck. It's alone. So like, she yeah. would be like, yeah, it's sunny this morning. And I was like, but it is sunny, isn't it? <laughs> I'm crying about every single thing. And this lady is the one making me cry because every time she says something, I start crying because I'm just emotional. So you're like, who sent you here? Right. <laughs> to destroy right. my life. Like. So I, I I hated it. And as soon as I got the opportunity when it wasn't mandatory anymore, so we had to do like one-on-one therapy and family therapy. So when mm-hmm. we finished family, family therapy, it, they gave us an option, whether we wanted to continue with one-on-one therapy or whether we stopped. And I was like, um, I don't really need this. Then they told me I had a mild case of depression. And I was like, you don't really know me, lady. Right. I was like, I don't really need this. So I stopped going. And now as an adult, I look back and I'm like, honestly, I should have kept going. I do want to get back into it. It's it's good to not only seek maybe like an actual therapist, but if you're not the type to go sit down with a stranger and divulge your feelings or try to get into it in that aspect, to have a therapeutic outlet in any other right. form. Because I know there's there's so many of them. And I know like for you, you've had experiences with therapy too, Eric. So what do you feel like your opinion about the quote was? About how it's like really like investing in yourself. Do you like agree or disagree? Um... I, I, it de- it depends um, because I've I've uh, I've been to therapy twice in my life like at least two different stages when I was a kid and then also as an adult and um, when I was a kid it was more so forced upon me like sort of like you know for the situation like I um I was I was bad as shit like you know what I'm saying I used to get in I used what? to get in the, I was bad as shit I was I'm not bad now I'm oh, okay. I'm, I'm a changed man I've <laughs> I was about changed, was past tense, changed okay. my life okay. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I used to get suspended all the time. I was fighting all the time in school. I had anger problems. Um, 
And, uh, you know, they thought it was something wrong with me. So they were like, look, man, either you're going to get expelled or go to therapy. So, you know what I mean? They talked my mom into taking me to therapy. And then so I started going. And um, I feel like as a kid, it didn't really it didn't it didn't really help much. The therapy, I, they um, actually put me in group. So I wasn't allowed to go to school two days a week. I had to go to group on Tuesdays and Thursdays. It was like this bus that came this van that came to pick me up outside my house, took me there. But to get back to the therapy thing, it was like they they would, you know, give you a little, uh, what do you call them? Um, like, you know how they take, count to 10. Like, you know what I'm oh, saying? Like yeah, yeah, ta- mm-hmm. g- give you different things to do. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, well, you know, when you feel like you're getting out of control, you know, start, can't take 10 deep breaths and count to 10. And yeah, it, it teaches you how to like suppress the anger and the, the, the issues. But as far as like helping me in that sense, I feel like it didn't because that part, it was suppressed. And then as I got older, my, um, like my anger problems and things like that, they weren't like as sporadic, but when it happened, it was like you were like a ticking time. Yeah, off, that's it. Like, like yeah, up. once once it happened, only, yeah, you only knew how to suppress it. Exactly, you didn't really know how to cope with it or right. deal yeah. with it. So uh-huh. I do believe that there's like not every form of therapy is correct, and I also feel mm-hmm. like that you have to find your correct therapist. I feel mm-hmm. like not everybody that you go see. It's for the right reasons, and I feel like that's in any profession. You might mm-hmm. go see a doctor, and all they care about is prescribing you something, and, okay, right. that's it. Yo, you're good. Yeah, everything's a cold. Everything's a cold. And then you meet somebody who might take the time and invest right. in you the same way you're trying to invest in yourself. And I feel like, uh, from my experience, um, I, I feel like I had a good experience with therapy. Initially, it started out because <laughs> my mom thought I was bipolar. So, I used to be... I don't want to say like I was like an angry kid because I just feel like I, I don't feel like I was an angry kid. I don't feel like I was like a kid that acted out, but she felt like I was an angry kid and that was good enough. You know, she's a parent. She was concerned. I used to say things to my little brother like I'll bash her head through this wall and stuff like that. She didn't feel it was normal. I Bit feel like fuse. I feel like that's a normal Aquarius child. I've been around other Aquarius children being an adult and this is shit that they say. Okay, <laughs> So I feel like. For Aquariuses, anyone that knows the sign, we are very bad at tapping into any other emotion and we're amazing at tapping into anger. So it's like that's really the only, I feel like, emotion since I was younger that I knew how to tap into. When I'm angry, I'm amazing at being angry. Um, And she used to think for that reason that I was bipolar because she's like, oh my God, like you go to school, like you're fine at school and like, you know, you're smart, you're so well behaved in certain areas. But then it's like... Your attitude and like when you get angry, you're you like the fucking devil. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and she said just the way that I used to like say things. Like she was like, who says something like that? Like at your age? Because you know, me and my brother, we're only four years apart. Mm-hmm. So she's like, at that age for you to be telling him you're going to bash his head through a wall or start, some of the things you used to say was, like was sick. Mm-hmm. So that's how therapy started for me. She took me to someone who was supposed to, she was trying to see if they were going to diagnose me with being bipolar. Mm-hmm. We went through a bunch of exercises, a bunch of questions. And the guy was like, she's not bipolar. She might just need therapy. She might just have anger issues. Mm-hmm. So that's how that's how it started. Then growing up, as I've stated in um, our episode about foster care, I had a rocky relationship with my mom. I always felt like I was the middle child. I was misunderstood. She didn't really understand me. I didn't really feel like this close connection with my mom when I was mm-hmm. younger. Um, I learned to appreciate her more as I got older. Um, but I felt like we just didn't click. Like, and I didn't have the want to want to click with her. Like, I was just like, no, you don't like me. You don't understand me. You have your favorites. Like, I'm not your favorite. Cool. I've accepted Mm -hmm. that. Um, And I feel like it was, like, really important for her to try. And she Mm -hmm. wanted to do therapy together. And I felt like if I'm supposed to be in therapy, this should be my safe space to speak about stuff. So when I first started going, I was, like, really, like, not with the situation. Mm -hmm. I was like, why does this lady keep asking me about shit that has nothing to do with what we're here for? Mm Mm-hmm. And, like, throughout the process, the more I became, like, comfortable being, like, all right, well, whatever. If you want to be in here, I mean, I've always had that attitude. You've known mm-hmm. me since I was younger. Like, if you want to know something, you won't know it. So, I guess we're going to get it out the way now. And I've been that way with my mom since I was a child. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I felt like, all right, you want to sit in here? You want to know how I feel about you? I'm about to really tell you how I feel about you. And the more I became, like, less worried that she was in the room and more, like, willing to take what was being given to me, mm-hmm. I really started to like it. And then when I would leave there I felt like this weight was lifted off my shoulder and I started realizing that like me and my mom were bonding like there was so much stuff that she didn't know about me like personally how I felt or Mm -hmm. things that I felt about her or how detached I felt because in her head she's just like I got five kids like I'm busy I work I go to school like I don't realize that I'm lacking in this area I don't realize I'm making her feel this way 
And my mom would always make it a point after therapy, like, we would go for breakfast. Mm-hmm. So, like, we'd go for breakfast, then we'd talk about it, and then, like, she'd try to do something with just me. So, it wound up becoming oh. that It bonding. turned from your thing, where you're yeah. like, why are you trying to get it on my thing? And then it was you guys' thing. thing together. Yeah. I was like, you going to therapy on Saturday? Oh, <laughs> I'm cute. That's yeah. so cute. I went to therapy with my mom, too. Um, she had to be there, for the most part. And, um, you know, they, they, they would, like, try to make me comfortable, you know what I mean? Bring toys and stuff like that to talk to me. Um... You know, it, I, I kind of found that, like, my anger stemmed from, like, you know, one, I just, uh, like, I was feeling lonely in my household because, like, my little brother, he wasn't, I don't even think he was born yet at the time, actually, because um, I, was, I was still pretty young. I started going to therapy at, like, seven, between, like, seven and eight and nine, I think. But either way, um, you know, it kind of basically, I was lonely. I ain't really have, I had friends, but you know, my mom was one of those really protective parents. So I wasn't going over people's houses and things like that. And then like my brothers and sisters, they were all like, you know, a half hour away. So I didn't really get to see them only on, like, you know, only on weekends. And then majority of the time when I went to my dad's house, it was more so just, uh, I was getting in trouble because of what I did in school during that week. So like, you know what I mean? So I had to like, you know, kind of, I was just always, I was always angry, I guess. And then, um, you know, it, when I started going to the group therapy thing that they made me go to, the thing I told you guys I had mm-hmm. to, when it was two days a week, when I started doing that, that's what kind of helped me as far as, cause I was in, interacting with other children that also had the same problems as me. And right, then, so you felt like you weren't alone. Right. And then it, I saw that like, oh, it, it's some people that's way worse than me too. Like as far as their anger problems, like it'd be like, oh, you want cereal? Why the fuck do I want cereal? You know what I'm saying? They start flipping out. So like, you know what I mean? I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so when I started seeing that stuff, I'm like, oh, like, all right. Like, you know what I mean? So I started realizing like, and you know, they did different. It was literally like going to a different school two days a week. Like, you know what I mean? And it was like, you know, they, we did different activities. We had trips and we did things like that. And, um, it kind of like, and like everything was all like the people who, who were like also teachers, they were like therapists as well. Mm -hmm. So like everything we did had like a, like a, a goal. Like it was basically kind of tricking us into being comfortable. Yeah, exactly. So, um, everything we did like kind of was like therapeutic. And that's also when I realized how passionate I was about, uh, drawing too. Like I draw. So it was, it was like, um, like I always used to draw, but I never like, like I never pushed myself to see what I can actually draw. And then when we would go there, they would like make us like like sitting, like you'd be in your own little secluded area and they give you something like, and, and to the kids, you're like, man, I can't do that shit. Like, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? But then it's like, nah, sit here, relax, focus. Right. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And then I started like getting really good at it. Like, you know what I mean? It got, and I was like, oh shit, like, you know, this, this is something I could do. Like, that you know kind of I mean? turned into your outlet. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, that's how drawing, yeah, that's yeah drawing kind of, because um, it's like, it goes from you feeling like an outcast, you know? only kid getting in trouble in class you're the only kid doing this you're the only kid doing that and you go from feeling like an outcast to a normal child you're mm-hmm. in a setting with other children that are always also experiencing this and instead of being treated differently y'all are being able to express yourself that's amazing i've never that's heard important. about yeah i've never heard about like that form of yeah. therapy before but maybe it's because i guess it's all what mm-hmm. you seek too like you would have to like look when they do yeah avenues. there's so there's so many different <laughs> kinds and i there are a lot of big one for kids in like general you mentioned like the toys and everything them trying the to get to open up the play therapy mm-hmm. they have they have a lot of like places there's one like right around here like that focus on play therapy because mm-hmm. that gets kids to open up more right so um that's also important but when you said the thing about loneliness i was reading like the list of trauma mm-hmm. and reasons people go to therapy and loneliness wasn't on there but i can see how that can be one of that can be traumatic to feel mm-hmm. like you're alone you're in a house where you feel alone like it might have been like you and your mom so like you don't have nobody to play with you don't have no way to really express yourself you go to school you're always getting in trouble so you feel alone in that aspect and then now you come visit your dad but you're on punishment so you can't really do what everything like everything everyone else is doing so you're alone and along with that list was um the list of traumatic experiences that people go through to may lead them to need to seek like mental health um services is anxiety fear shame bullying witnessing or experiencing domestic violence loss neglect physical abuse and sexual abuse so it's a pretty it's a pretty long list but a lot of people don't realize even the smaller things like having anxiety or Mm -hmm. like losing someone close to you doesn't have to always be a family member bullying being shamed for something is a big traumatic thing well that's what for me uh therapy started out as 
like I said with the thing with my mom thinking like oh I just had anger issues and this disconnect with me and her but through going to therapy I wound up losing my grandmother and that Mm -hmm. was the hardest thing probably to date that I've had to deal with Mm -hmm. and I had such a hard time like accepting that loss Mm -hmm. and when I was going through therapy like it's like I kind of didn't want to like tap into it but she gave me and I was going to therapy at that time what 12 12 13 Mm -hmm. because I remember we would go it was right by the agency Mm -hmm. um she gave me stuff that I used when I was 18 years old Mm-hmm. like that till this day I still use it. I remember she told me like and I used to think it was crazy when I was younger but I remember I used it when I was older she told me that I should write a letter to my grandmother like write it down like if she was still here like talk mm-hmm. to her like and like give it to her and I used to think at 12 that it was crazy but I remember one time being 18 and being depressed in my house thinking about my grandmother and I did it I went to the cemetery I sat there I had lunch there at the cemetery I wrote her a letter I cried and I like put it on like the tombstone mm-hmm. and I felt like this weight was like lifted off and I was like this is so crazy like these little methods or like um I went to a retreat one time so I'm not a religious person and Mm -hmm. I'm sure in other episodes we'll get into that I'm not a religious person I'm a spiritual person but um I'm a very big team player and I'm like the biggest supportive friend you'll ever had Mm -hmm. and one of my friends he was going through a spiritual journey and he wanted to go on this church retreat Mm -hmm. it was a weekend trip I went with him um and one of the exercises they had us doing was putting stuff on the cross and basically you had to leave it there Mm -hmm. and they gave us like a list of papers and we had to write down traumatic incidents um problems toxic things things that were holding like weight on us and you had to write it down Mm -hmm. and you basically had to go like put it on the cross and you had to like leave it there and to me that was like something i would have never thought about and it's something so simple like you think like writing something on a piece of paper and ripping up is stupid but you do not realize like the weight that has like to see it on a piece of paper and like Mm -hmm. accept it and have to deal with it and cope with it before you go take it up and do whatever, burn it. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you don't realize the, like, the weight you're taking off of yourself. Mm-hmm. And, like, the methods, like, as dumb as you might think they are when you don't understand it, like, it, it does resonate with you. Mm-hmm. Like, the older you get, you do start to realize, like, these different methods of letting go that are healthy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have. No, it, um, I learned about that in uh, psychology when I was, um when I was in college, actually. Um, and it's funny because a friend of mine was actually going through something recently, just, just over the summer. And, um, like, you know, it's like, you like, like, for example, in a, like to let the letting go process, mm-hmm. you, um, you know, you, you hold on to somebody and it's actually causing you internal distress. You don't even realize it, but it is. And, um, it could be a relationship. It could be a lost relative, like you said. Um, and I learned about this actually through a form of drawing, take, a, take my best markers, take my best, my, my best paper whatever right and then draw the best picture i can do like of let's say a person i'm trying to let go their name take the take the paper draw their name on a piece of paper make it as pretty as beautiful as i can and then as i'm and then when i get done burn it mm. get rid of it and Damn. that's a form of letting go because it's like you just put Pull, so, so much, much into, into it, this right. paper and then for you to be able to to burn it and let it go it's actually and it seems like why the hell would you do it's like such like a that? metaphor yeah, though but it actually it helps you it's like a, it's a form of letting go and I, I i practiced it um when i was in uh when i was in college um and i, I did it and it, it really does help like um my grandfather i was having a issues about my grandfather passing because I, I i never told my mom this but i felt like regret because the week that he died um we were supposed to go see him that weekend and it was technically my fault that we didn't go see him because um he was sick and the reason we didn't go was because um like i had to be home at a certain time and i could have called my dad and been like yo like I, we're gonna go see my grandpa you know what i'm saying but i was just like nah because i ain't trying to deal with his mouth da, 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 da. so you know what i mean my mom was like all right well you know all right fine then we just we just can't go see pop-up this weekend and then literally that tuesday i got a call that he died like you know what i'm saying i'm like damn like you know if like my mom was willing to go if we would have just went i would have saw him that last time and it kind of weighed on me for a while and i just thought like you know that was something that was bothering me so i figured because again um psychology and all that they used to tell us to like you know do certain things yeah so i was like all right i'm gonna do it I'm going to just do it. And I, and I drew this picture with his name. You know what I'm saying? They called him Sonny. So I didn't, like, his real name is Edward, but I don't call him Edward. Everybody called him Sonny. So I just drew, you know what I mean, Sonny. And, I, mm-hmm. and I, I did it real nice. And then I burned it. And 
it really it like it like I, after that day I didn't feel anyway and I know it's really a way of tricking your mind but mm-hmm. at the same time it works but you need it yeah it works that grief will <coughs> last on you longer than anything and, and guilt mm-hmm. because I feel like anybody when they lose somebody that's your first thing is to guilt to figure out a way how you did it wrong how you could have made it better because it's the same thing my grandmother passed away while we were in BJ's and for some reason I felt so guilty like if we didn't want to go to Splish Splash and need to leave to go buy snacks she wouldn't have died you know what I'm saying? Like, like no matter what happens when you lose somebody, you have this need to hold on to them mm-hmm. so bad that you like you think of all the ways they could have still been alive. Like mm-hmm. maybe if we would have came home or not stopped to do right. this or caught this red, not caught this red light, like you would have been there just one second earlier instead of like realizing like when people die, especially naturally, time, it is their time. time. Yeah, and, and it's, it's a hard thing to deal with, but it's like you know you have to cope and learn how to cope properly mm-hmm. in order to accept it. I mean it takes a long time and i feel like it's just normal with anybody same. My, go ahead all right same situation my friend like you know i mean the thing i was saying this weekend i mean this summer this weekend but um this summer uh same situation like it, it's a little different though he was stressed out real bad like you know what i'm saying not eating you know what i'm saying going through like real depression issues over this relationship that he had he's been in a relationship for like eight years and it's like you know what i mean the way the relationship happened, you know, it was a lot of stress on him. The way everything happened, the way the breakup happened, and he was going through it. So he was had he had this, um, uh, I want to say like portfolio of things that they used to do together, like you know, just from mm-hmm. the beginning of the relationship, like yeah, type. yeah, mm-hmm. to like the end of their relationship. And I didn't notice. We were having a whole conversation. He's like talking to me about his issues and blah blah blah. And then I'm like, he was like, "Yo, man, like I need, to, I, I can't let go of this shit." And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" He pulled it out, and I'm like, "Bro." the hell are you doing and he was like i yo i just can't man i said yo you you don't realize by keeping that thing you're hurting yourself and he was like nah man like i just can't i said listen listen and i had kind of we had a whole talk about it i'm not gonna go deep into it but um basically what i told him to do i was like yo let's go out back and burn this drum he was like what i said yo put it on the grill and burn it bro i'm telling you right now if you put this thing on the grill and burn it that's gonna be the first step and you really letting go i said you've been letting go for over a year now and you're still in the same situation hoping that it's going to rehash you're going to get back together no like dog you gotta let go this is going to be the first step into truly letting go mm-hmm. and he was like i don't know if i could do it man he's like you want to do it? and he, he tried to get me to i was like no i can't do it for you mm-hmm. i said you got to do it on your own because if i do it it's just going to be like oh well he burned my stuff right. i said no mm-hmm. you got to do it on your own you got to let go he's the one who needed to let right go. Yeah, exactly no, that exactly and then he did it and it's so funny because ever since that day he's been progressing as a bet like you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. like like he, he don't even, like, we have conversations, he don't even talk about it no more. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because people hold such important spaces in our life that, like, we tend to hold those spaces hostage. We tend mm-hmm. to forget that we had a life before them. Right. And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, those eight years might have been great. But guess what? You lived eight years before them, and those years were great, too. Like, right. in the year eight years after that is going to be great, too. But it's just, like, we, for some reason, like, cannot get past those right. good times. We mm-hmm. cannot get past, like that that moment and it's like you have to learn and you have to get past it like everybody got to go through that heartbreak to understand like the next one ain't gonna be so bad right with me so like i have a hard time expressing things like openly to people Mm -hmm. so when something happens i kind of just like bottle it i'm like i'll just bottle it up i was like i don't need to talk about it it's not that serious i'm real nonchalant about Mm -hmm. like a lot of stuff so the reason why even if i don't like go to an actual therapist i need to find some sort of like therapeutic outlet just something that i'm passionate about and something that i actually like stick with is to learn how to like not only just bottle those things up but cope with them right and like i always like look back like loss is one that like sticks out because like when i lost my grandfather when i was younger that was like my first real loss i kind of had when i was a kid had this like fantasy that people don't really die like i had never really dealt with right. death so when he died i was like confused it's never real I was like you're in it right mm-hmm. i was like yeah like you know like your grandparents are older but like as a kid you're like he's so forever like, he, right mm-hmm. he's so strong he's gonna live forever mm-hmm. and then when it happens you're like oh shit but like i i dealt with that loss this is when we were in foster care but then when my grandmother died i went with my mom the next day to like view her body and i didn't talk for days after that because i was so like traumatized from like Mm -hmm. seeing her laying there right so like even things like that if i had dealt with it and like maybe even just spoke to somebody or like found a way to like kind of 
express what I was feeling or like the thing we're drawing if I was like artistic that way I could have maybe like drew a picture of us or something or something to kind of like let that out instead of just like being with my own thoughts mm-hmm. like that sometimes is like what really like kills people because you're just like sitting here like you're racing your mind just like oh my god well what if this and what if this like you said like what if we hadn't like went to the store like mm-hmm. everything kind of like bottles up and then one day I'm just sitting in my room and it's like, it could be like months later or a year later and now I'm crying about all the things that's happened over the past few months yeah so, like, that's important, too, to kind of seek, like, not only therapy, but, like, a form of something people... Some people do yoga, some people run, some people... Um, and I looked up um, different forms of therapy because I feel like, like you said, like, me and you are very similar in that sense. Like, mm-hmm. I'm the type of person that, like, yeah, hit me up. I'll be your Dr. Phil. Tell mm-hmm. me. Tell me. But, like, I don't have problems. That's not your business. You know right. what I mean? Like, I'm not going to be nobody's burden. Mm-hmm. And, like, every friend I've ever had in life, every relationship I've ever had in life, they're like, this is not healthy. Like, right. you have to be able to let people be there for you the same way you're right. there for them. And I'm like, no, nah, I got it. It's fine. Like, I'll get over mm-hmm. it. Um, And I think it's good in that aspect for people like us who, like, tend to shut down and don't want to speak to other people about mm-hmm. things to find other sources that you can do, f- like, for yourself with yourself. Because it right. might make you feel a little bit more comfortable. Like, for me... Mm-hmm. um which a lot of people don't know, but I used to write poetry. Mm-hmm. Heavy. Heavy. Because it was, like, my form of release. Somebody could piss me off, I'm going to go and write a poem. Mm-hmm. Like, it could be, like, about anything. Like, I used to feel so misunderstood. And honestly, that's how me and my good friend Berto wind up connecting on a deeper level. Because mm-hmm. he used art as a form of therapy. And I would, like, write. And, like, we would just always talk about it. And it was, mm-hmm. like, our little secret nobody ever knew. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that I used to write poetry. And I would just, like, tell him about it and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And it's, like, um, I had looked up other forms of it. And they said that exercise music like whether you're an artist or just like Mm -hmm. listening to music art in general of all forms um self-care like going to the spa or like pampering yourself sometimes could be therapeutic Mm -hmm. um some people find therapy in like prayer or church writing and even though it says it's it can turn to an unhealthy form of therapy because you might become dependent on it Mm -hmm. sex is also another way that people use as a form of release of therapy right um but those are just some things that like a lot of people who might not think about it in that sense you know what i mean like some people might think you just have to go seek a psychiatrist or go sit down and talk to somebody and they might feel awkward about it like no maybe just pick up a hobby maybe Mm -hmm. go ride a bike go take a run go do something for yourself by yourself where you could just have the time to clear your head even in the shower i feel Mm -hmm. like me and eric we used to shower together (laughs) shower talk every day Mm -hmm. and we would have the deepest talks in the shower like we're just a very like intimate couple like we like to have that conversation time like we can talk about anything and everything for Mm -hmm. hours and like that literally was always our release like we would just have like the deepest talks about our childhood in the shower and just Mm -hmm. like it's like such a release when you can just clear your mind Mm -hmm. um then you step out and you feel so much like you said yeah you feel like light like you just feel like okay you're like wow that's a lot of stuff that maybe you never said out loud before that's a lot of things sometimes like with me, I bottle things up, and a lot of things I don't say out loud. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's not real. Or I learned when I was younger, when my grandmother had passed. So, I feel like when my grandmother passed, that's the hardest death I had to deal with because that's, that was the closest person to me that ever mm-hmm. died. But the most traumatic death was the death of my friend when I was in high school because that was somebody my age. Seeing mm-hmm. somebody my age in a casket freaked me the fuck out. And mm-hmm. I feel like it forever changed me. Like, I remember throwing up. Like, you know what I mean? Like, after the funeral, I remember throwing up the day in school when he had died. My mom had to come pick me up from school. Just the fact that, like, someone my age was murdered made it a little too real. Mm -hmm. Um, But I remember my dad telling me when my grandma had died, like, cry in the shower. Mm -hmm. You will not realize how much of a weight is lifted when you cry in the shower. He was like, when you cry outside of the shower, you're subconsciously worried about somebody else hearing you. Mm -hmm. When you cry in the shower is the only time that you're fully going to release how you really feel. And when I had did it, I felt so drained, but I so good. All the time. Yeah, so drained, but so good. Like, like literally, like, like you know, can't breathe, like mm-hmm. crying hard. And I was like, oh my god, like and then you so kind of right. like, like metaphor wise, you kind of like wash it away. Yes, like you leave it mm-hmm. all, like you literally release it all. And I remember, I forgot who had passed in your family, but I had told you that. Like I was like crying in the shower when you go in the shower, crying in the shower. Like 
You just have to like mm-hmm. let it all out. Just let it. Sometimes all out. I think I'm fine, and I'm yeah, like, I'm going about my day, and I go in the shower, and I'm like, yeah. Oh, and I'm like, people wow. want to console you. Like you're kind of like, mm-hmm. I don't want to get snot on them. I don't want my tears on their shirt. So you're like, <laughs> trying yeah. to like. I don't cry so I'm by myself, to be honest. Over so by myself, yo, I won't cry. That's like, when know, I like to cry when I need to. You know. That's when I like to cry by myself. But then some people, like Eric, when I'm crying, he's trying to hug me. Okay, and I'm like, please don't touch me. Okay, because guess what? I'm just going to start crying more. And then everyone's okay. crying. Let it out. And everyone was sad. That's what I'm here for. Even though sometimes I don't like you. But I'm here it's for It's hard sometimes to let people be there for you. Right, right. And that's the thing. I was, um, but also I was, so I was watching this Lizzo interview. I was listening to it actually this morning on the way. And it was crazy that it came up because it's an old interview, but they were playing a snippet of it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, we're about to do an episode about therapy and therapeutic like outlets and stuff. And they're talking about this. And she has said the same thing like in our quote that we had picked. You know, we picked prior, but she said therapy was the best investment in herself because there was a point where she was so depressed that she was there for all of these people who don't know her like all of her fans and stuff but she couldn't be there for herself and she couldn't be there for her best friends and she was like what kind of person am i if i can't take care of myself or if i can't be there for my best friend but i'm working so hard to make all these other people who i don't even really know happy yeah i saw that and i saw that she also said that um performing Mm -hmm. makes her the happiest and there was a time that she got off stage and she was crying uncontrollably mm-hmm. she didn't know why and she said that she realized that she had to do something about it because she did not want it to come in between whatever it was that she was feeling or whatever it was that was going on she did not want it to come in between the thing that she loves so much right. like her livelihood yeah. like she did not want it to she had said it. too that right before she went on she was like i don't i don't really want to do this and she said she had never felt like that before mm-hmm. either and that's when she realized like wow i really need to go talk to somebody and in her case she said that like we talked about like talking to your friends or like you know what I mean, being an outlet for someone else she said that she couldn't really do that because when she would tell her friends like i'm really feeling some type of way or i'm really depressed they cry with her and now now we're all crying and we're all sad and like this is kind of like i need to unload but yeah. now we're all crying for whatever reason or she would talk to her mom and be like no her mom be like no don't cry i don't want you to cry and it's like i need to do this like i need mm-hmm. to really so she would go and talk to her therapist and her therapist obviously wouldn't start crying she would be like well what is the root like what's making you cry what's making you sad what's making you feel like this and she was able to unload it which i guess a friend that's what you do mm-hmm. you're like you want to cry i'm gonna cry with you we you want to fight him <laughs> you want to fight him i'm gonna fight him with you you want to eat ice cream I'm gonna do, together, yeah like i'm gonna do it with you because you just want to be supportive like you want to mm-hmm. be like if you're feeling pain girl i'm gonna feel it with you right. like you know what i mean so it's like and then when it's someone who's close to you it's hard to see them cry go through emotions and, and not, not feel it yeah. right not feel it and not be like wow like i'm really sad too mm-hmm. and that's i'm sorry that's like, like with me and you like mm-hmm. you just said like mm-hmm. you know you were crying and i'm i see you across the street so i'm like yo like you know what i mean i know something's wrong because i know mm-hmm. you so I, and i just want to be there for you you know what i mean and i I mean, I ain't cry, but you know what I mean? That's the first Shit, instinct. Shit, y'all about to cry right now. <laughs> I like that. First instinct hard. is to try to make, you know, try to help mm-hmm. you and try to help you through it. They also talked about in the interview, like, like in our community with minorities in general, it's kind of like, wow, you're going to really go sit down and talk to some stranger. You don't know. You're going to go tell some stranger your business. It's like mm-hmm. a taboo over it. And it's like, everyone kind of just looks at it as, oh, wow. Like, it'd be like that sometimes. Or mm-hmm. that's life. Or you gotta you gotta yeah. just move past it. We and all it's guilty like, of that, and I don't mm-hmm. know if it's like where you grow up or like how you raised. But I've said that several times. Like, man, it'd be like, like that sometimes. Get over it, like, or like, or even excuses for things I get over. Like, so many people will tell me like, I don't understand how you make a joke about everything, and I'd be like, if I did not, I would go crazy. It's another form of therapy. Yeah, like. It, it like I Masking can go it. through something so traumatizing today, and guess what? Tomorrow I'm joking about it because it's like. Yeah, you you mask it, and I feel like right. that. Like for me, that's a big thing. Like I mask everything with a joke. Everything's mm-hmm. a fucking joke. I could have got cheated on yesterday. I'd be like, <laughs> I used to. That's like real life. Broken <laughs> pussy. I guess. I used to. <laughs> you know what I, mean? like, I used to get like I would like get cheated on the next day. I'm like, what is why this nigga cheated on me? Because <laughs> right. I don't even know how to act. Like <laughs> knowing real deep down, like I'm hurt. Like you know I what I mean? Just I'm hurt. I'm my broke. clothes. This is exactly why I got right. cheated on. This like, why. Never okay. Some fucking clothes. <laughs> I done left mad cups on the table, and that's why he fucking cheated on me. <laughs> I'm fucking dirty. Like, so, 
we kind of mask it with jokes mm-hmm. or we mask it. Some people mask it in alcohol. Some people mask it, like you said, with, like with sex and stuff. So there's certain things, there's certain outlets that I've aren't that I've necessarily done, I've masked pain with alcohol. You it, were there. You witnessed it. It's, but it's two types, though, because that could be, you know what I mean, like a double-edged sword, so to speak. Because if you think about it, you know, you got people like you guys who, you know, you make a joke out of it as your way of getting over it, right? Mm-hmm. But then you got other people who make a joke out of it as a way, like you said, like they mask it to kind of like bottle it in mm-hmm. to make it seem like they're not bothered, but really, like you're right. like, really like traumatized. Yeah, right? I, think, I think it's situational because like I make jokes about a lot of things that like I am bothered by, mm-hmm. but what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like you can't and everyone might not think like this, but I just feel like. You cannot stay stagnant. If I sat here and thought about maybe everything I've been through or everything that bothers me or everything that affected me, what is that going to do for me? I'm a firm believer in that too. Like you got to keep moving. Right. Like what is it going to do for me? So I might be like, yeah, I mean, that's a part of my story, but guess what? I'm still writing new chapters. Right. Like that's That's just how, like you got to keep going. Like it don't just stop at chapter one. Right. Mm -hmm. Just because if, just because it got fucked up in chapter one, it don't stop at chapter one. Like you have to keep going. So I just feel like. Some things are a joke because you can move past it. And then other things, you you might not be moving past it the way you want to, but you have to make light of the situation as mm. best as possible. And, like, running back to the whole therapy thing real quick, because, like, you know, people don't realize the things you do are different forms of, like, you know, outlets and things like that. Um, and, you know, the actual like taking the first step and going to actually seek, like, real therapy, professional therapy, for example. Um just one more example I have is just uh like when as my adulthood when I when I went to therapy as an adult, um a lot of people don't know this but I was dealing with a um a traumatic experience that happened when I was like sixteen. Somebody really close to me, somebody really close to me tried to um commit suicide in front of me when I was uh sixteen. And at that point in time, like, you know, I had never seen anything like this before. Like, I've heard of somebody taking their own life, but I've never actually seen someone, you know, attempted in front. Like, and it was literally right in front of me. Mm-hmm. So, um, they, obviously, they failed at it. And then when it happened, um, you know, I didn't realize it then. But as I got older, um, I noticed that it was still, like, dwelling on me. Because at that, that time, like, that person, like, I really looked up to this person. And it was just like, you know what I mean? It, it it hurt like it hurt me like you know what I mean so I was having nightmares about it and then my dream the person actually succeeded and they and they died it was just me and that person in the room and it just happened like you know what I'm saying and I was having nightmares about that and I and I think that's also what partially started my insomnia I have insomnia <laughs> but um anyway that's another story but um so as it happened um I was having these nightmares and I it like it really took on a bigger effect when I was in college it kept happening when I was in college like my nightmares um would get worse. And worse. And like, you know what I'm saying? I would have them more frequently. Like, you know what I mean? And I told one of my close friends about it. And then she told me like, you know, well, I I go see a therapist. You know, I didn't, I don't tell many people this, but I go see a therapist. And I was like, what? So she gave me the information to her therapist and I was going to go there, but I was afraid that the therapist would like talk to her about so I just like you know what I mean so I was like nah. you're young you don't know yeah. so I was like nah I'm gonna I'm go somewhere else so I went to, I, I went I went through that therapist to another therapist so I went and um what I did I, I I went only went for like three sessions um but either way when I went the therapist like basically was like listen you need to confront this person and not on like a negative standpoint yeah, yeah. but like mm-hmm. you need to go talk to this person um and you know kind of tell them how you feel get their intake on it maybe maybe that that would like you know help you like you know what i'm saying because it seems like that's what what it is it's more of like a lack I mean? of understanding that's right. traumatizing you so more. i did i did i went and talked to the person we had a long like two hour talk we laughed we cried um and uh after that I stopped having the nightmares. Like, you know what I'm saying? And it, it's so crazy. So, quick question. Was that person a male? Yeah. It's just going to... Okay, I was going to mm-hmm. say, I'm just asking, so it takes me to my next point. So, there's, like, this stigma with men and, like, therapy and getting help. You know, men are supposed to be stronger. They're supposed to be past that. And a lot of men feel like going to talk to somebody or going to get help, it makes them weak in a sense. Um, and what I wind up uh, finding out when we were researching this topic is that men... Are three, they have a three times higher suicide rate than women mm. for that exact reason. It's like they don't they don't talk to anybody. They're like they have a higher form of a higher rate of depression. Um, and it says specifically white males have the highest and African American men have the lowest. But it's it's still a high factor mm-hmm. in general. Male males in general um, that suppress their feelings because they're taught even as 
little boys. You don't cry. Get over it. Right. Like, you know what right. I mean? Right. You're, you're not really taught. Yeah. You're not really taught how to properly deal with your emotions. Mm-hmm. And you're not taught that it's okay to talk about them or right. feel them. So they wind up having a higher rate of mental issues in general. Mm-hmm. Men have a higher rate of mental issues. And I, I don't know if it's something that's talked about enough. And I think it would be something really good to have as a follow-up episode. I read that a lot of men don't seek help until there's a crisis. Right. Like, until after, I guess, it happens. Mm-hmm. So... And like what Eric was saying, somebody like try to take their own life. Thank God it, they didn't succeed. But in that sense, like it might have been helpful for them after the fact to go like to go see somebody or before the fact. But obviously they weren't thinking about doing that because a lot of men don't see it as they see it as a weakness. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Having to talk to somebody. And I also read that researchers were looking into kind of rewording it or re reworking the whole definition behind therapy mm-hmm. to make it more appealing to men because men see it as oh, I'm not gonna well, they, talk to somebody well i also saw that therapy was originally designed by a man for a woman because they felt like women were the only people that needed treatment Sounds so fun. i guess that's why it's like it's hard for men to this new design right. idea that oh men also need help right you know what i mean back in the day it was your dad was an alcoholic that's how he dealt with his problems right. Right. you know what i mean so it's like that, that that's was all his they knew. therapy right like, that's all they knew. how he's dealing with it so this new age thing of everyone mm-hmm. dealing with their emotions, uh, it, it is new and it might just be mm-hmm. uncomfortable, but it is important. And I think to end off this topic, it is important that people know to check with their healthcare providers because what a lot of people don't know is that some insurances do provide therapy within mm-hmm. your, your benefits. Um, and it is important for people to check in with their health providers, call in about mm-hmm. your mental health coverage for whatever services are available, whether yep. that is therapy, whether it is more counseling, whether it is these retreats, because some, some insurances pay right. for these therapeutic retreats um, and whatever it is. And I think it's important for people to really look into that. And like you said, invest in themselves, right? especially if it's covered for you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And this it's very important, I think, more so like even like for adults, but for, I mean, for kids too. But we don't want to, we don't, we kind of want to break the the curse now because we don't want to pass these traumas to our kids. We don't want to pass them to the generations after us because they're going to be traumatized by it. You know what I mean? Some things that we went through, we put off and we put off and then we don't realize that we're transferring that to them. So that's like a big thing too, like to make sure, even if some people don't want to go and seek an actual therapist, find an outlet. It's very important to do something. Do you have any closing thoughts before you leave us? Do you have any anything you want to promote? Thanks for coming. Any shout outs. Thank you for being our guest. I really like this yeah, topic. You know, I like sitting next to you. Yeah, We're going to have your fine ass back. Yeah, so. Please do. You know He's going to be a recurring guest because he has a lot of life experiences. I thought I wasn't going to sit here through your whole name. <laughs> very good. We did topic. very good. Yeah. It was serious. Wait till we get to the more jokey topic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna be but do you have day. anything you want to shout out? Any? Nah, just one more time, you know. Ghetto Inc., you know what I'm saying? Please follow, like, subscribe, order something. I will, you know, I'm, I'm here for you. That's Eric's therapy, so support <laughs> yes. him. Support yeah, him. Support he's, my he's really good, too. So. Support his therapy. <laughs> support black businesses. <laughs> oh, man. But no, that's him good. All right. Well, we are me, you know? grateful that you were on this episode. Thank you. Thanks, Eric. Oh, can we kiss on air? <laughs> All right, y'all, that brings us to our Get Assist segment. This week, we're shouting out Lisa Demby. She's a licensed beautician for over six years and the CEO of the Boutique Room by Lisa on Main Street in Norristown and the Boutique Hair Collection. Her Instagram and Facebook are Boutique Room by Lisa, and also she has an Instagram for the Boutique Hair Collection. Her YouTube is Lisa Demby. You can also search Boutique Room by Lisa on YouTube, and her page will come right up. Her website is theboutiqueroombylisa.com. And on her website, you can book your appointment and you can also order her bundles on there. Um, so shout out to Lisa. She's an all-around just boss-ass bitch. Um, <laughs> she's an entrepreneur. She's so supportive of each and everybody. Um, and she's just killing it. She sells the cute little hair clips at her salon. Mm-hmm. She um, sells hair products there. She sells gift cards. So make sure you guys check her out, follow her pages, and support her business because she's definitely killing it. Yep. So shout out to the girl. (laughs) Wrap it up, sis.
All right, y'all, this brings us to the end of our fourth episode. So anybody listening, thank you so much for the support. It's honestly means it means so much to us. All right, don't forget to follow and subscribe. Click the fifth star and leave a review. Follow us on IG and Facebook at the Sister Sister Podcast. The first sister is with an A on Twitter at Sister Sister Pod. If you have any questions, as always, do not be shy. Shoot us an email at the Sister Sister Podcast at gmail.com. Bye, y'all. Bye.